Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. I'm Andy Mitten and I'm stood on Chalton Street in Manchester at quarter to seven on Saturday morning. There's a bus waiting to take us to Swansea. This podcast is brought to you by RedArmyBet.com. It's a new betting site for United fans where profits are given back to the supporters. RedArmyBet.com, have a look at the odds and offers on there. A dustbin's uh, wagon is driving past me. I've just spoke to two Hadjuk Split fans who were at Goodison Park uh, the other night and they look pretty shady. They look very shady but as soon as I started speaking to them they were fine and then I walked past a club just off Chorlton Street. There's loads of people outside. There was a big group of young black lads and it was starting to kick off between them a little bit. There were a couple of young white girls. I'm going to mention people's ethnicity pushing this one lad away and he was trying to fight with a group of his mates and it looked like it was going to get very very bad because the lad wasn't going to stand down and then you've got all sort of clubbers of different ages and genders mixing around and it, it was pushed across the road and then a police car just turned up and one of the lads um, went away but bearing in mind what's gone on in Manchester recently, uh, it, it, it didn't look the most promising of situations, but I think trouble has thankfully been averted. Going to Swansea, half-12 kick-off, ridiculous time. Last time United and Swansea met, if I'm not mistaken, was at the end of April. Another half-12 kick-off, that was the game when I came up from Plymouth. So I'm starting to curse fixtures between United and Swansea. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. It's some lads I've not seen since last season on the bus and it's going to be a long trek down there we've actually left it quite late it's quarter to seven and the game kicks off at half twelve so we're going to head down the M6 M5 M4 I think unless you go across the top of the the valleys in Wales which is what I did when I drove back from Swansea a couple of years ago Uh, I've been there several times and I didn't go at all and I didn't think I'd ever go there uh, until 2008 when I went to cover a Swansea against Cardiff derby match and my, my editor asked me to do both games at Cardiff and at Swansea and cover one from the Cardiff perspective and one from the Swansea. That was very interesting and I appreciated being let into the inner circle of quite a few prominent people, that, fans of both clubs. Uh, I had a good night out with Cardiff with all the, the Soul Crew lads and then I travelled over to Swansea with them and then the people in Swansea were very friendly and then I actually knew the goal scorer he was a lad called Jordi Gomez from Barcelona and I, I, I knew him and I'd known him as a kid at Barcelona and he scored this goal the first goal in a decade the first derby in a decade between Swansea and Cardiff and there's a huge amount of animosity there the Swansea fans sing to Cardiff, swim away, because they were chased into Swansea Bay in the early 90s. Both sets of hooligans fighting each other, and the Cardiff fans were cornered and had no option but to run into the sea. And the Cardiff fans were singing the Ayatollah. And Jordi Gomez scored the goal, and I met him afterwards with a lad called Andre Orlandi, who'd also, uh, also from Barcelona. And he had no idea of the significance of the goal he'd scored, and I followed Jordi's career spoke to him recently, he's back in Spain now, he played for Wigan Athletic, he played for Sunderland and 
Then a couple of years later, Swansea and then Cardiff were promoted into the Premier League. And I've been there several times since. The most significant games for me are the 4-1 winner first game under David Moyes. Don't think anyone expected that. And it, the, that was most notable because uh, Wayne Rooney was convinced he was going to get booed by United fans and he started warming up with a head like a, a slapped arse, face like a slapped arse even. And then he came on, played a part. Most United fans were cheering him, singing his name, which I think surprised him. He didn't celebrate with the United players when the goal was was scored, which he'd been part of, which was a bit, bit of an oddball behaviour. And what else? Um, Sergio Romero probably having his only bad game as United lost quite early under Van Gaal. And then last season, um, United playing well. Zlatan Ibrahimovic uh, doing well and getting a win there. So it's a place where there seems to be a definite result. Uh, I think that United will win today. Put my neck on the line, eh? Uh, I've been impressed by United this season. And... I'm looking forward to it a lot, so I'm going to get on the bus, leave these odd collection of characters who knock around in Chalton Street uh, Station, which if you're not familiar with Manchester, it's in the middle of the gay area. Uh, at quarter to seven on a Saturday morning, there's, there's a people leaving clubs, people going to work, there's people getting the coach to far off um, cities, going abroad, uh, there's security people around, and it's a pretty interesting and slightly edgy mix. So. Maybe it'll be the same in Swansea. I'll see who's on the bus on the way down there and carry on speaking to people. I'm on the, I'm on the monkey bus down to Swansea. We're a couple of hours into the journey. Um, I've got to work today, so I'll try and have a very clear head, but I've not had much sleep. The, um, there's a brilliant atmosphere. And you, I know you listen to all the podcasts and you like the lads and the stories that they tell, but I can see a real strong sense of community here, real genuine friendships. Um, probably not not faced probably not uh, right for me to repeat some of the things I've heard so far but I can I, I can give you so many insights one lad's complaining that he's about to have a shit because he's um, he, he, he's been taking Imodium tablets and he's worn two pairs of socks in case he needs to use one of the pairs to, to wipe his arse so I said so what have you been drinking you, you've been on water like last night obviously before the bus so no I've been drinking vodka and someone's have, having to go to another person because he appears to have a love bite on his neck which is denied <laughs> and you hear the sounds of the, the monkey bus on the podcast but the smells don't always come across and Steve Armstrong's <laughs> wife said that when her husband comes home he smells of the bus it is not a pleasant smell I can assure you that some people have smells that I can fucking so there's a big group of people we're going around to Swansea we're going to ask each of them how they're feeling about the season ahead 30 seconds each you got to 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 answer it if you do just say your name and tell us how you're feeling this morning ahead of first away trip it's a long one it's a pain in the fucking arse it's a 12.30 kick off away we go boys uh, Neil um, can't wait for it <laughs> Everyone laughs at Neil. Neil has been absolutely hammered about his trip to Stockholm. I mean, five hours late. It was, um, well, he started in Santa Vigo. Aspire for five hours. Yeah, he got 30 seconds. Can I talk about Thomas Cook? Yeah, you can talk about Thomas Cook. Right, they they delayed us. The very quick story is they delayed us for three hours, wouldn't serve us beer, and there was some 
mincer who would not serve us a drink back on the plane and we got £16 compensation. 16? One six? One six, yeah. How did you spend it on? Pete Bolton somehow managed to get 600 quid. Uh, we spent all oh, we Pete Bolton from who? Uh, from Thomas Cook as well. Okay. He got delayed over the summer. Uh, we went to the Grove and we had a night out. Uh, With 16 quid. <laughs> we had an hour out. Yeah. <laughs> United this season on today. Um, do you know what? After last week, last week everything went as I saw it going. Matic was brilliant and all that. We'll win. I put 4 0 in the predictor today um, and I'm as confident as I've been about a United team since Ferguson left. Um, Tomo, um, I'm reeling because I've had feedback from Steve Armstrong. <laughs> Sorry, Andy. Um, really, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought 80,000 people at Wembley. Um, no, I made Steve Armstrong a bacon butty this morning and I didn't put pepper on and I got my feedback. And then I made Matty Mullen a butty and he wasn't happy because it was white bread. So Jesus Christ, it's very demanding on here. So this season, I reckon um, last, <laughs> last weekend was brilliant, but um, I'm still worried. I still think we're, we're missing on the left hand side. Uh, Matt, yeah, Matty Mullen. Um, I'm going to just cross the River Seven, by the way. I started optimistic, but then I did last year. I think I think we're in pretty good shape. I agree with Tom Owen that we're, we're possibly a little short on the wings, but um, I thought like last year, last last week was was a very good performance. I'm actually quite confident today, um, and I, I don't think it's just us. I think probably all the teams are maybe a player or two. So we've got we've got yeah we've got every chance to win it. Stephen, before there's been so many other lads, you're going to be doing the podcast from the back of this bus. I was, was going to say, I, my, my name's Steve Black, and I'd just like to say that I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought Margaret Thatcher was possibly the finest leader this ever had. No, um, how do, it's like herding cats to get around. Well, you know, now, now you know, I have to go through every week with this lot, but um, no, I, uh, I think a couple of things really. I think first bus of the season is always a great bus because fo- football you don't realise until you don't do it like just what these are like your best mates but without the football to bring you together you probably won't see them that often you know what I mean so when you go all summer you know you text them you talk to them on Twitter you talk to them on various other platforms but you know you don't see them for a couple of months so you know you do get you know I mean you get fed up with them all by Christmas obviously but when you get sort of here for the first away game it's a proper bus scene like it's a bit like you know when you go back to school it's a bit like that although the behaviour on here is far far worse than when you used to go back to school so, you talked um, about Twitter you talked about mates one of your mates on Twitter invented a new song for, for Lindelof <laughs> you tell us about that well well, yeah I'm, we'll get him on I was hoping we'll get him on here in, in a couple of weeks next time I bump into him but yeah they've just been hilarious then. I think um the mixture of people who find it hilarious because it is funny and he's just taking the mickey but also the people who genuinely think that he's a, he's a genuine United fan trying to trying to be a songster and, and what did he do? He explained to it. Yeah, well he, he put when when I think Matic was the first signing, wasn't he? So he or, or one of the was it Lukaku? Yeah, so he put a daft song up about Lukaku. Then he basically replicated the Manu Matic uh, Vidici song for Matic, which was uh, which was really funny. And then uh, the, the Johnny Lindelof one. I mean, Christ Almighty. That was that was hilarious because hey, well he's not called Johnny. Uh, that's one thing. But just to the theme tune. Well, I'm not going to pull something. I don't know what song. Final countdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was that's right. Johnny Lindelof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but the funniest thing was. Um, 
that one more than any there was people actually singing it in one of the blocks in Macedonia which is really funny so at some point Lindelof's going to go why is everyone calling me Johnny here <laughs> but, um, but the, the other thing about that though it's, it's a weird tune that all of a sudden people are randomly admitting that in strange places they're just sort of finding themselves singing it so the other day I was in a hotel in London ironing my shirt to go to work at half six in the morning and I caught myself halfway through the first verse singing it to myself which is great but yeah he's a good lad he's a really good lad he's going to about three songs after himself well, well, he, remember he, he Veron had about three songs and yeah. they're all brilliant well he's, he's actually said he's feeling the pressure now of United signing a new player before the transfer deadline he's actually going to the whole of Twitter's going to expect him to come up with something so but no he's a good lad and uh, you know joking apart he's uh you know, he does it for a laugh, which is what going going to the match is all about. And he also, as you remember, last year he uh, he did a he sold United we stand free of charge in a pair of pink pajamas and raised two and a half thousand pounds for the dementia charity. So he's uh, he's. He's, he epitomises United support to me about, you know, nothing's that serious and everything about going to the game should be a giggle. So, uh, you know, that's that's what that's what this bus is about. You know, we uh, we like United winning, we don't like United losing, but more importantly, it's about going on a day out with your mates and having a good blast and then, uh, you know, getting on with it. Was it your uh, usual hotel in London, was it, Steve? The one you uh, stopped at <laughs> when you go to Chelsea? <laughs> Well, weren't paid for this one, so no, it was nice. <laughs> I had an interesting Airbnb experience when I stayed in Chelsea. I'm not going to repeat it. Oh, I've I seen that. Uh, I heard yeah, about this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, Andy, it was 500 quid Thomas Cup charge for that Stockholm trip. That's, that's, <laughs> a, lot <laughs> of money. that's a lot of money. 512 pounds. Have you, have you sought any professional help over an issue that's <laughs> clearly burned in your mind all summer? Right, Steve, Steve keeps me reminded of it on Twitter. Yes, yesterday, basically, Steve on um, Twitter oh, went through to Thomas Brilliant. Cook's customer care line and retweeted all these people thanking Thomas Cook for an amazing trip and great compensation. Yeah, 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 I just kept going through and I had this vision of, of basically people just wake up in the morning and going, why is this guy retweeting my um, my comment about um, about compensation? The and best, Neil was the best one last night was that one about, uh, I tweeted about 30 people who'd all had five, 600 pounds worth of compensation for various things and then I found this other one about uh, someone who was arguing about the fact that um, that uh, Thomas Cook refused to give someone a refund because the, they claimed he was actually on the plane and he did take the trip and the family actually managed to prove that he couldn't have been because he was dead. <laughs> I bet he still got there. Uh, oh, that was fantastic. So, so come on, Neil. Yeah, and Neil's moaning, you know, at least you're alive. So before I speak to some of the other lads, Phil Neville went past earlier, waved, he's on his way down to to Swansea I think he's got Spain after so am I um, I'm going to see Martin Edwards I'm going to interview him at his, his place in Mallorca he's invited me over there on Monday um, I'll do that for GQ and then um, also for United we stand and on, on Thursday uh, I met Mike Phelan I did him for ESPN but he'll also do United we stand but uh, as I said Veron then something dropped my mind and I, I found it quite interesting Phelan said in all his time at Manchester United he's only ever seen the training ground come to a stop once and that was when Juan Veron turned up at Carrington and the players didn't know he was going to sign and training just stopped and they're like is that Veron from Lazio and he said the lift it gave them because they, they thought he was like one of the best footballers in the world which he which he was and the and I just thought it was a really interesting now you've got these world-class European Cup winners 
been in awe of Veron, who was apparently a belting lad as well. Yeah. He used to teach them all Boca Juniors and the Studiantis songs, just to shame him. My biggest disappointment that as he yeah, had. what United have never, and even until recently, never have signed an established world-class player. We always bought players like Ruud van Nistelrooy, done it in the Dutch league. We buy him and try and turn him into a world-class player. Veron was the one-off that we bought as an established. You know, the Italian league was very strong at the time. Until the Colombian Beatles. Well, yeah, as an established world-class player. And I was. I don't think I've been as excited about a side as we were signed. I think Veron is still possibly, even to this day, the best one of the, the best player United have ever signed. The fact that he didn't make it. He's down to the fact that at the time I think he was way, way, way too advanced to play in this league. Yeah, that was that was probably what it was looking back. Yeah, could play now. The Premier League hadn't quite caught up with the tactical side of it, and he was probably a bit advanced, but he was such a waste. Um, Rather than uh, ask for questions, which I should ask Martin Edwards, it's probably not the best idea on the back of this. But we'll go back to. I'm not taking any questions. I've sent you a good one. You have sent me a good one um, this season. Pretty good, you've got to introduce yourself first. Yeah. <laughs> no, Simon. Simon um, said, really, yeah, uh, one of them. Pretty yeah. giddy. Um, but Ned put a downer on it by reminding us 1 4 0 first game under Moises' reign as yeah. well. So it seems me not to get too excited, but no, I just thought it was a proper buzz last week and it's spilled over to this week, so hopefully we go on and do something. No one expects us to win it, but it's got to be better than last year, league-wise, so bring it on sort of thing. Dan, Dan, um, Dan, 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 looking forward to the season as I do every year. Um, pretty much reiterating what other people said on here about last week, it was, it, was, it was good and it was a joy to watch. Made a change walking away from the Old Trafford for the change and actually being happy with what you'd seen. But I didn't uh, been the same after Southampton, after the first home game last no, season. I didn't, I didn't think that was as good. No, I didn't think it was as good. I thought the football was great, they, they controlled the game. I mean, West Ham, did we beat West Ham at all last year? We, 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 we beat them in a cup game and played really well, but we So, I mean, there was a lot of games last year against, against teams that we should have been beating where we were dropping points. Now, we started off well. Again, today's another one where, hopefully, another three points, another good win. A bit more confidence under the, under the players' belts, and uh, we can just keep going, taking every game as it is. But I'm excited for the season as, as I am. Every season, it's, it's football, isn't it? So that's what we, we, won't, we won't bother going if we were excited about it. Who do you think will be the main challenges this season? Oh, I get the watch shit one where I have to mention City. <laughs> uh, obviously, yeah, City's looking strong. Um, you know, I. <laughs> I know, you can never really write arsehole off as much as you know, everyone keeps writing arsehole they're, they're always there or thereabouts and it, yeah, you don't know who they're going to sign but I think City are going to be the main challenges um, and, and it, as that as it sounds it's, you know, the fact that they're now buying squad players who are you know, there's 200 million quid into defenders and still not one of them would get into our, our back four or back five just says a lot that. I think they are panicking a little bit so and it's an R12 pick-off in Swansea. That's a bad time for Swansea away. But you lot have all got like a perverse view on what's good and what's bad with away matches. I think it's too early to be in Swansea. The last time I watched United Swansea was in April, and I got up in Plymouth at half two in the morning. Or do you lot buzz off it because it's yeah. early and your, and your day's longer? Well, you, yeah. you do want I, your I, to grow. I think a ten o'clock start would be even better. <laughs> ten a.m. kickoff. Honestly, I really would. Yeah, yeah. Does it extend I, your day? Yeah, I, well, 
our plan is the sooner you're back in town, the sooner you can get back yeah. to uh, Blake, uh, get in the Grove. That's, I, messaged, that's the I messaged Steve last night and said we're picking you up at quarter to six. Um, and he went, at that fucking time, you can pick me up from a shower. This morning I went, where do you want me to pick you up? I'll tell you what's good about today, Dave. We'll still be able to get back and watch, I reckon, four, maybe five hours of the cricket. Oh, yeah, day night. Do you know what? It's the first 45 minutes are a nightmare, and when your alarm goes off and you get up. Once you're up, you're up. So the earlier, the better once you're up. Do you know what, Andy? Like, like Steve said before, like, it's just, it's about being back again. Like, the whole, I enjoy the summer and all that sort of thing, but the football starts, and that, the next six weeks we're going to have, United are playing great again. We've got Southampton away soon. The crawler fight, which the steel tell you virtually everyone on here will be going and all that sort of thing. And you just say virtually everyone on here. I'm talking to maybe seven or eight of you at the back of the bus. Who are the people at the front? Do they don't count. These are the only anything anything this side of the microwave are the only things that count. So they're in your gang gift this part of the microwave. Oh yeah, there is a mix of people on here, isn't there? It's not all. Oh, you got yeah, you got just like the case and the Jason. You've got yeah, us lot at the back, and then you've got round the microwave you've got all the Salford lot and then you've got Rick Blackie and his crew at the front so there's and then it, just behind the microwave are the um the, the sort of covers and goers yeah. so how would you describe the makeup of people on this um, I think what you've got is um, it's 50 people in a 40 odd foot steel container who would look out for each other, trust each other, look out and do anything for everybody that's on here. And you know, you've got mixes of you know, youth, you've got people who've been coming here for 20 odd years like us, you've got you know, some people who've been going to the game since the sort of you know, you met Maureen and Jill who've been going since the sort of 50s. It's the mixture of it and the diversity of it almost makes it. Just as funny, you know, but it's, it's based together. You know. Manchester, um, Salford, or because I hear some different accents. Yeah, largely. I mean, there's, there's people who've moved to Manchester. Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, largely. I mean, you get, um, you know, we've had, um, we get people for some games will fly over from Ireland. Yeah, uh, and then come down with us yeah. and then go back. Um, so you get you get plenty of that. I mean, you know, we obviously, as you well know, and having started it, you know, this bus has been going since 1991. There's a lot. There's still a handful of people who've who've still stayed on it. Um, but 91, it was Villa away, the first yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. And you um, came up with a bright idea to leave at half five from a seven o'clock kickoff. They still do. And we, bro- and, we, and we broke down. We broke down on the M6. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we broke this <laughs> bus nearly never got off the ground after that yeah, first day. Yeah. Because at the start of the 91 season, about three new travel companies launched. And we thought we'll, we'll charge a, a, a fair price. But leaving from Manchester at half five. Yeah, it wasn't your great. No, it wasn't the greatest time. But we, we learned on the job, and you lost the benefit. I think. I think the thing though is, is we don't. I know the monkey bus has got this sort of aura about it, and this little thing, but it, it works for us. But up and down the country, yeah, all around, and up and down the country at every single club. Everyone's got their own version of their coach community that's putting them down, and it's a part. And even at United, there's other ones at United. There's loads at United, but there's loads at every other club going, and they all do their own little thing, and they've all got their own little world and their own little community, and ultimately the same concept applies of best mates mates for life going up and down the country watching the football bit it's it, I don't I don't believe for one minute it's that that you're addicted to it's this togetherness of being out and about with your mates that people get off on football's just the vehicle that brings it together and that's what it is and you know and that's the part of going to the match that I think the authorities that run football have got to get 
sharper that in terms of respecting more. Um, Steve, I think we've, a lot of people have always said that the 90 minutes of football can sometimes ruin a good day out. Uh, regardless of whether you win or lose, it's the fact that you've just 90 minutes not with people that you sort of like to spend a lot of time with at the match or before the match or after the match so it's I mean have any of you missed the game or fallen asleep during the match he's given himself two year ban I'm falling asleep the clerky there on the back when we're on about Veron and Veron songs uh, Leal away in 2001 uh, it's one of the great the older comes from Argentina and he's 6 foot 1 and uh, Clarky actually pissed himself didn't you during the game well during the game then back at the train station later what if but, you were to fall asleep on this coach what would happen Where, where's the worst I saw um, someone ask this question last week where's the worst place you've fallen asleep I thought it was a very good question so it, I, it, I it, it, it would be a good answer Lil Tray Station when these lot pulled water on my crotch and pretended <laughs> I pissed myself. Didn't someone lose a pair of socks falling asleep on anyone's? Yeah, there's been there's been they got um, the shoes burned. Yeah, we've we've had to use the fire extinguisher a couple of times where people have fallen asleep. Uh, yeah, there's been a few of them. Where's the worst place you've all fallen asleep? It doesn't have to be football related. Either. Next to my wife. In bed. Next to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> to my wife. Please don't call. Says that. a recently <laughs> married man. Yeah. Boding this. well for the future. Who listens to this podcast? Yeah. 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 On top of a 28 stone girl I met in Piccadilly 21. When I used to go to Piccadilly 21, it was like, do you know if Liverpool saw Coutinho now and they go scratching about in the last minutes? That's how it was. The old uh, last lap of the floor at 10 to. Uh, you side, you side Jimmy Carter. And you were basically looking at Olive off on the buses. One girl in the corner and you fell asleep on top of one of them that's how it happened one night <laughs> worst place you've fallen asleep good question that probably here is as good as any isn't it on the bus yeah Neil actually classed that as one of the legs of the three peaks thank you <laughs> <laughs> and rightly so worst place you've fallen asleep oh, I don't know I don't know the porch, He's top of the stairs, the floor, yeah. uh, everywhere. I think little Dan's was a uh, toilet in the ground. There was, I, I, told, I, I mentioned on Twitter the other week, there was a game, we played Norwich, I think it was Alan Smith's debut, which was a, a, bad, a bad day There's for me. There's a story in itself, isn't yeah. there? Yeah, no, I, uh, I got, I thought it was a noon kickoff, so I got to the pub, um, at something like I was queuing at a pub at half eight to get in it and it was half five so it was half five kickoff so I was, yeah. set off five hours early right. and I woke up in Edinburgh <laughs> I slept that anyone else who's fallen asleep in bad place in the ground in, in your bed whereabouts outside that bar wasn't it about five o'clock was, uh, I've got yeah. Mitchell yeah. two hours before kickoff oh, fast asleep, asleep. Yeah. Fast asleep. <laughs> it's outside the bar he always yeah. falls asleep on your own what happened not a lot, they won't be all anywhere else to the ground. <laughs> he fell asleep in he fell asleep like in Stockholm. <laughs> yeah. He fell asleep in Stockholm in our in a bar we were in. We found a bar away from the Yes you did, mate. We've all got pictures, yeah. Yeah. He fell asleep in Stockholm on our um, ten pound beers. Yeah, I was uh, I was still in Terminal 3 in Manchester at that point. <laughs> you were with us? This before the game. <laughs> So I think we're near Her- Herefordshire now, which in my mind's become famous because Liz Hurley keeps.
Craig posting pictures of herself from round here. Some picture in a bikini. And as someone says, oh, well, a bit of an argument about Liz earlier. I think, I think she's absolutely beautiful and a very sexy lady. I think she's overrated. No, I really do. Dead pictures, dead pictures are stunning on Twitter. Two minutes ago, you were talking about climbing on top of a 28. Now you're saying, yeah, your judgment isn't relevant. No, no, I'm saying that she's like, she's like Coutinho, decent, but not worth she's Oh, no, no, she's, she's, she's poor Pogba, she's poor Pog, well worth Pog. it. Pogba, oh, I can't even say a word. Ryan, yeah. tell Andy about your Stockholm pain story. Well, I, I don't want to speak about it. Come on. You've, got to, you've got no choice, right, well, you're live on air now. <laughs> Matthew and Neil Mullins, everyone knows they're a right set of wankers. Cheers, mate. Anyway, Stockholm, <laughs> obviously won the game, we're all fucking buzzing, bye-bye. Water's back out the ground, water's back to the coaches. and uh, a quicker version. <laughs> is, is it, Just take your time we'll with it. We'll find a shop. So if it, right, we'll get some drinks. So because in this shop and it's absolutely rammed. So, I says, right, what do we want? So we'll grab a load of bottles, grab some everything. So I've got my hands full, stands in the queue. These two are about three people in front of me. Which anyway, they paid and turned round. So by this point, I'm second in the queue. I've got my hands full, so obviously I can't do anything. And Matt goes, says something to me. I can't remember what he said, but he pushed me. There's this wall inside of me that is all white. Pushed me, said, blah, blah, blah. turn round. This wall that he pushed me against happens to just been painted <laughs> by the shopkeeper. Bear in mind, this was half past 10 at night. <laughs> I turn around, I've got a grey shirt on with white fucking zigzags all down my shirt and he's fucking pissing himself and I said it's not fucking funny, I get to the counter the owner of the shop is stood behind the till full of paint just staring at me, <laughs> laughing and I thought, and you can fucking shut up as well at one point I actually thought he was going to charge me for his fucking paint you know what made it worse? these two <laughs> still I think it's fucking clever to this day. Oh, it was amazing. It was a very vivid image. It's a shop at half time. <laughs> well, that, that's you know, the best thing. It's a shop at half time. So, we're not going to find yeah. any agreement on, on Liz early. We've found pretty much agreement that people are feeling optimistic about this season. Um, about you, you lads, you don't. I get loads of feedback um, on this podcast and, and people like them a lot and a lot of people, tens of thousands of people listen to it. And some of the people might surprise you and I, I have people in very senior positions, uh, maybe at Manchester United even, who say, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but I listen to every podcast and I'm not going to start naming some of them. I think some of the, some of our well-known um, listeners we can name. Robbie Savage is a big fan. Um, I'm told, I've been told this about several times now. And Rob, this Robbie, meant to impress us. Ro- Robbie actually... So, we'll get Robbie on... Um, on, on, on a bus, I think. Did he ever Bush play with a comes, class of '92? Yeah, he never it, mentions it. <laughs> he's a car rocker. I think he's got a very uh, soft spot there. for. For, for Manchester United so you'll probably be listening to this in a car somewhere Robbie oh, we're so, not do you know the best, best Robbie that. Savage thing I've ever heard was someone tweeting him and said just watch the class of 92 film he said but the editing's very harsh they cut you out as soon as the trophies start getting won <laughs> I think you'll see the <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't leave it <laughs> <laughs> no, 
Bentley scored that trick and he got real sent off. He was superb that night. Yeah. Yeah. He wound us up properly. No, he did. He destroyed us that night. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll release names gently. Um, Donald, Donald Trump doesn't. It's Alan <laughs> Smith. Steve would love that. Alan Smith. Uh, quite a lot of people don't like Alan Smith, do they? No, I don't. Have you ever tried right, him? So, Alan Smith, I was intrigued that he never did any interviews. When people don't do interviews, it's usually because they've got skeletons in the closet. So three or four years ago, I made it my mission to track down Alan Smith. Now, if I would have rang him and said I'm a journalist, because I didn't know him, you wouldn't have really got anywhere. But I knew Kevin Pilkington, who was a goalkeeping coach at Notts County, and Kevin... Um, Alan Smith joined. Kevin asked Alan. Alan invited me to his house in um, Derbyshire. He was just about to get married, and he did get married. And then he, about three months later, split up. And that was a big tabloid story. But he, 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 he was sound. He, he was he was absolutely sound. But he, his addiction is not football. It's motorcycle racing. He loves motorcycle racing. And uh, he talks about why he left Leeds United. I'm telling this story, and people look very unimpressed by it. And he's telling you. I'm not going to say that Alan Smith is a United legend at all, but you know. Has he ever driven fast on the M1? Yeah, it was the A1, actually. You all abused him, and he gave you shit back. Is that right? I'll tell you another time about it. You've been known to say controversial songs. Alan Smith got a load of shit and gave a load of shit back. Yeah. And I if think I was him, the, I'd do exactly the same. I think the it's the, the, shit he give, the shit he give back. The tight shit. Yeah. Right, yeah. okay. About, about a certain... Right, you've got prediction, score prediction, that's it. And then we'll join up with the podcast after the game. Each of you, go now. 2-0 United. 4-0 four, four United and Joker as well. <laughs> oh, that's a predictor comment, that, but yeah. 2-0 two two United. Two nil United. <laughs> 3-1 United. 3-1 United. 4-0. 3-0. 5-0. 6-1. 3-0. 4-0. 3-0 United. 1-0. 1-0. 1-0. 1-0. 1-0. 1-0. 1-0. 1-0. 1-0. 1-0. 1-0. 1-0. 1-0. 1-0. 1-0. 1-0. 1-0. 1-0. 1-0. 1-0. 
five precision engineered blades with a lubricating strip. You get some foam gel. Um, it's fine to me. My wife liked the smell of it. It just seemed like normal shave gel, if I'm honest. Uh, a travel blade cover and it comes in a decent box. It's usually £11.50, but you can get it for £2.95. Uh, you, to get started and claim your trail set, you need to go to harrys.com forward slash united. That's harrys.com forward slash united. And I think it's definitely worth doing for two ninety five. If you like it, carry on and they'll deliver the blades to you as often or as infrequently as you want. So no more piss balling about in supermarkets, asking people to unlock cases with expensive razor blades in them. I'd give it a try, £2.95, well less than a cost of, of a pint. And then they deliver them uh, to your house. I think it's a decent idea and appreciate them supporting this podcast as well. I've just left the Liberty Stadium, absolutely fantastic, not necessarily from a journalistic point of view because I'd all but written my match report and I'd just written the sentence Fellaini brought on to shut out the game and then bang, 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 three goals, fantastic, loved it, 4-0, two 4-0 wins, no goals conceded, it's been an excellent start to the season for Manchester United and I've now got to get off to um, Cardiff Airport and I looked at public transport and it was really tricky because the, uh, the airport it isn't on a direct train line, there's one close to it and it didn't quite fit. So I put uh, an appeal out to see if anyone could help me going back towards Cardiff. And Pennant is a United fan. Gareth, it, um, I'm calling you Pennant because that's what your, your name is on the, yeah. on, on the boards that we've got. Uh, he kindly offered to, to take me back. So I've just met him with his dad and I'm talking to them both. And they're quite impressive because, what's your name, Dad? Gareth Jones. Okay, Gareth. Right. You, you live in Carnarvon in North yes. Wales. And you took your son to Camp Now in 99, um, when he was how old? Nine. Eight years old. That's fantastic parenting. And you're going to drive back now from Swansea to, to Carnarvon? To Carnarvon, yes. How long will that take you? Uh, three and a half hours. How long have you been a Red? Um, all my life, really. Why, growing up in Carnarvon, did you support United? Well... North Wales has always had a strong uh, Old Trafford connection. Always has over the years. And you, because Carnarvon, I remember watching my dad's team play there in the, the mid eighties. They had a great side. Yes, they went to the fourth round of the FA Cup. Right. Right, yeah. did, did they wear yellow? Yes, they did. The Canaries. And um, they had a, quite a few Scouse lads playing That's for right, them. That's right. And there's a the lad played up in Dawson Salmon. Right. <laughs> um, I think I should apologise to the people of Carnarvon because last week I did a, a column for one of the newspapers I worked for, the Daily Post, based in North Wales. And originally it was going to be about Ryan Giggs. I worked out that he'd played 1,142 times for Manchester United. And that came about after a conversation with Ryan in the summer. He didn't know how many games he played. And I started looking into it a bit more and I thought United are playing at Swansea and I, thought, I wonder how many people have played for Wales and Manchester United. And I got them all except, and I knew this as I wrote it, it's funny how your brain works, Wynn Davis, is he from Carnarvon? Basically, yeah, from Carnarvon, yes. Sorry, Wynn, sorry people of Carnarvon. You weren't slow to remind me on Twitter. Um, and Wynn played, Wynn was a very good player, wasn't he? He played for United, played for City, played yep. for Newcastle, won the first cup with Newcastle back in 69. Uh, yeah. It's the last really major t- trophy which uh, is. Newcastle won. Yeah. And then played for Bolton and still lives in Bolton. Right. So, so he kept his it, contracts with Carnarvon, he's still got family in Carnarvon. And so he would have been a very good top flight player. He played for Wales day. 34 times. 
really and, top player. And as people have been reminding me, apparently he headed the ball. That's right. And when power. he went up to, he was uh, put before the crowd in Newcastle fairly recently. Yeah. And they used to sing a song, which was The Mighty Win. Yes. Uh, uh, Come on, on the with that. Yeah. That's right. The old ma- said, ma- um, you Manfred Mann. You ain't nothing but like the, the Mighty Win rather than The Mighty Quinn. I feel like I might as well have left gigs out the article for all the, uh, the, the obvious... Um, Fame of, of, of Wynn Davies. Sorry, Wynn. Sorry, people of Carnarvon. How do you think United are going to do this season? They're doing very well. This what do you think good today? Start, a very impressive start. The three goals in the second half were very good goals. Yeah, they tore them apart. Up to that point, fairly well balanced, perhaps, but the three second-half goals really changed the whole spec, whole picture. So you've got a beautiful drive north now, haven't you? On does, the west coast, There's yes. no motorways. No motorways at all, no. So you go to where? Um, up towards Aberero and Aberystwyth. Yeah. And then up the coast, Port Madog, and then Carnarvon. Do you speak Welsh? Uh, of course, that's what we do together. Fantastic. Yeah, it's our language at home. Yeah. Uh, it's the language of the community. That's what we speak. What percentage that's of... That's what Wynne Davis spoke. Does it? Yeah. What percentage of people who live in Wales speak Welsh? It's just over 20%. Yeah. But areas like Carnarvon are about 80%. It's yeah. the language of the community. You'll be pleased to know that my cousin from Manchester married a boy who lives in Abbasock. Yeah. Moved to Abbasock. Quite a few people do from sort of Manchester. Yes. Chester on Sea. Exactly. Yeah. She's a bit. Um, <laughs> she's a very good-looking girl, and she, <laughs> I'm going to compromise. She's Bramall on Sea. Should, yeah. should we call it? Um, and they raise their children as Welsh speakers. Yeah. Good. Be like yeah, yeah. Have a safe journey back. Cheers. I'm going to speak to your son. In the car now, on the way back to, to Cardiff. Lovely to meet you. And you as well. Cheers. Take care. Have a safe journey. So we're running short of time because I've got to get a flight to Cardiff and then on, onwards to Barcelona. Just putting my bag into the boot. This is the life of a working journalist. And it was exciting actually, even though those three goals flummoxed me. And it's great. Great to see United score four. Great to see the attacking intent. Um, I think Swansea fell apart. I don't think it was a 4-0 game, but they didn't really threaten much. I expected a bit more from Tammy Abraham, the um, very good young striker on loan from Chelsea, although that was only his second Premier League game. Um, Gareth, welcome to the United We Stand podcast. Thank you for offering to give me a lift. No problem. What did you make of it today? And concentrate firstly on driving rather than talking. (laughs) Um, uh, Well, we were 1-0 up. I didn't think we were very convincing they weren't they were ponderous yeah we were and I thought we were just a bit slow we didn't create much did we Rashford had a good chance in the first half but I think um, Mourinho made the exact same substitutions as he did last week didn't he it was such a Mourinho substitution bringing on Fellaini wasn't it but uh, I think as you but it was the right one it was um, but as you um, mentioned earlier I thought that he brought on Fellini to close off the game yeah but um no, you know you buy you buy um, college players for a lot of money to win your games, and I don't know. It's early days, but the first two games, um, the early signs are that we can really break down teams. Whereas last season we were struggling to do that, weren't we? Especially at home. You're a fluent Welsh speaker. I am. Yeah. Right. Let's carry on this podcast in Welsh then, because I know that we've got a lot of. Welsh people who listen to this podcast and I feel like an apology after my Wynn Davis blunder right how would you say glory glory Man United oh uh, <laughs> you sure you speak Welsh or are you just blagging me <laughs> you're giving me a difficult one Manchester United were very impressive today uh, 
mi oedd Man United yn dda iawn heddiw There's a good feeling about this season and we've got to try and not get too carried away Mae yna deimlo da am y tymor yma ond sy'n mynd i roi dy cart o flaen y ceffyl How long is it going to take us to get from Swansea to Cardiff Airport now and am I going to make my flight? Dyn ni'n mwyn cyw ond mae yn mynd reid sydyn felly gobeithio wnawn ni'n neiti mewn awr Right, what's that in English? Um, basically you're not going to make your flight, Andy Give over, three o'clock, <laughs> I've got two hours, 35 minutes and, no, a, and think... a very busy M4 and we're just leaving now the second city of Wales, Swansea You work in, in Cardiff, your allegiance might be more towards Cardiff but tell us a little bit about Swansea as a city The football has been really good for it, hasn't it? And Neath nearby Yeah um, has been good from a rugby perspective the stadium we can see in front of us although it's still quite small it's really given the city a boost hasn't it oh without a doubt and you know it's a very up and coming city it hasn't quite had the investments that Cardiff has had over the years but you know there's been a couple of reports out in the last few years basically saying how much they've benefited from having um, Premier League football and as it's so far away for a lot of Premier League clubs I bet a lot of people come down here for even for a weekend don't they for one or two nights and there are some beautiful areas the Gower Peninsula close to here Mr Giggs used to go on his childhood holidays there did he? Um, there's some lovely areas isn't there around here? very nice yeah you've got the um, Gower and a bit further down you've got um, Pembrokeshire look at me trying to win back favour with locals <laughs> after tweeting during the game because Swansea fans were singing we support our local team and I sometimes find that a little bit rich because in 2002 Swansea's average crowd was 3,900 and 10 years later when they were in the Premier League it was 19,000 so I had like loads of people getting on my case about that the facts are the facts right I know that Swansea are a City are a great football club and as a city this has produced great footballers and in the early 80s they had a fantastic team I've been down here many times and researched the club met loads of Swansea City fans I know that in 2002 the club were very close to going into non-league football, absolutely falling apart and I can imagine the level of disillusionment and I spoke to fans, I spoke to players, I spoke to one player, Chris, um, who played for Swansea when we were in the 4th division and rose all the way up um, as Swansea came up but it's been a very well run football club, I know there's been some tensions, is that right, with the, the ownership model? Uh, there has been, yeah, and I think... Um some fans have been quite frustrated about the level of um, investments that it's been because um, it was fan in. owned the fans had a real influence until a year ago yes. when American owners took over yeah they still have um, they still have quite a strong voice but not quite as strong as it used to be and Hugh Jenkins was the he was yeah the, the chairman yeah and Ryan Giggs was up for taking the job here last November he would have taken it would he even as a Cardiff boy he, he, he was up for it he interviewed for it and the American owners went for the American Bob Bradley and it just didn't work out I think he lasted 81 days Yeah. Uh, and I reckon Ryan with the right support would have had a good crack at, at, at the job here though he is a Cardiff boy how are you feeling about United then this season and the next game is against Leicester at the weekend it's probably going to be tougher they've started quite well Leicester yeah they have haven't they um, after pre-season I wasn't that optimistic I was quite confident we in the top four but especially after last Sunday and today I think we're going to be 
without doubt pushing for top three and hopefully a decent run in the uh, European Cup as well. Were you in the United then today? I was, yeah. I was in the press box. It sounded loud. What was it like in there? Yeah, it was a decent away end. Um, got its up and downs as as it does when the score's in the balance. And But it was a decent away end, yeah. And you grew up in, in Carnarvon in, in North Wales, close to, to Bangor. Yeah. Were there many United fans in Carnarvon? Was it more Liverpool and, and Everton when uh, you were growing yeah, up? Um, mainly United and Liverpool. Um, Everton, a close third probably. And actually, until very recently, Leeds United as well. Um, but they've still got, actually, Leeds have still got buses going from the North Wales, Anglesey, Carnarvon area to um, home matches anyway. And what about League of Wales teams? Because I did a, a one of my favourite ever articles as a journalist was going to Latvia with Prestatin a few years ago what I mean that was just a joy to be part of because part time team went away first ever European away game late equaliser won the tie on penalties the the, the manager and the players invited me into the dressing room they let me travel on their team coach and everything it was just an absolute joy and I know that some teams doing doing very well and getting three, four, five, six hundred and Bangor City have, have got a new ground, haven't they? They're, ground, they're yeah. doing well. Um, Bangor City actually beats uh, the New Saints, who's the only professional um, side in the Welsh Premier last week, 5-2. But um, yeah, for the last couple of years, they've they've been head and shoulders of everyone else, really, and dominating. I know that Cardiff City have started very well this season. Swansea City are a Premier League team. Newport County... They've had the struggles, but they're, they're well supported. Wrexham in non-league, but they're well supported uh, uh, as well. And then below that, you go to the the League of Wales teams. Although there are exceptions, aren't they? Colwyn play play, yeah. play in England, but yeah. are you broadly off to Murphy Tidville? Yeah, I can remember Murphy Tidville in the eighties playing Atalanta from Italy. I think I can. I'm not dream. I'm not dreaming this. Really. They played him in a European game and they might have even won. Something happened. Remember delivering papers and reading about Murphy Tidville. Um, but are you broadly optimistic about the future of, of, of Welsh football? Because the, uh, the national team have done well too. Yes, the national team have done um, well. It hasn't quite... Well, time will tell, you know. Obviously, um, the fact that we did so well in the Euros last summer bodes well for the future. Um, but yeah, I think the, the signs are there. Um the, the Welsh Premier is just facing difficulties really in attracting big crowds but it's there's always a live game on SLC on a, on a Saturday at half five which also helps that's it for this podcast um, the next one will be um, next weekend as I said earlier on I'm going to go and see Martin Edwards on, on Monday um, hope you've enjoyed the podcast look out for some of the videos we put on YouTube as well subscribe to that and cheers to everyone who's bought the mag the, the latest mag's gone down down really well and we're taking all your feedback on that um, how do I say goodbye in Welsh? Huelva or Ametro goodbye is Huelva Ametro goodbye for now goodbye for now until next time Huelva Ametro I've butchered that haven't I <laughs>